So we're looking at Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11 today. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Fantastic. Thanks, Cathy. Uh, my name's Stephen. I'm the youth minister at Bishop Harrington Church. Great to be with you this morning here and in your homes, in your screens. Um, this over here, this is Jenga. And Jenga was was like the lifeblood of our youth group growing up. This game is absolutely incredible. We used to go to youth group just to play Jenga because it's just so class and so fun and so tense. Every Jenga turn has a clutch moment in it where the tension just mounts and mounts as you pull the brick out and get ready to place the brick on top. The fate of the entire Jenga tower hangs in the balance. Will it stand? Will it fall? And you start sweating. You start shaking. The nerves start going. The heart starts. It's tense. I won't put it down. Don't trust my own skills. But there's a clutch moment of Jenga. And in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, there's a clutch moment for Jesus. Have a little look with me in Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This is a clutch moment for Jesus, but not just Jesus. This is a clutch moment for the entire human race, for you and me. John Piper said, um, on his obedience hangs the salvation of the world. And like, he's not overstating it. This is big stuff, because we learned on camp this week that... Well, Jesus is the God who saves. His big mission is to save and rescue us from sin and death. And just think, if he stumbles, if he falls, if he fails in his mission, it's game over. Like, there's no second chances. We're doomed if he fails. This is big. Do you feel the tension? As the Son of God is tempted. And actually... He's tempted like us. Because Rich was telling us on Friday how Jesus, well, he sides with sinners. It's like he becomes part of our team. And we see that again here as he's, well, tempted just like we're tempted. 
And so as we kind of go through Matthew 4, we're going to learn a few temptation tactics to kind of help us out in our own battles and fights. As the Son of God is tempted like us. And every time I read Matthew 4, what gets me is just how everything is stacked against Jesus. I mean, have a little look at verse 1. He's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The wilderness. No one's there. It's lonely, it's dusty, it's arid, it's empty, it's just Jesus. And like, isn't it so much harder right, to resist temptation when you're all alone? So, so he's all alone, but then verse 2 gets me as well. Have a look at verse 2. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, guess what? He was hungry. Whoa, big shock there. But, but 40 days and 40 nights, that is a long time without eating. I can't go 40 minutes without snacking. Like, give me some Oreos or a handful of peanuts or cold gravy finger. <laughs> Lovely. But, but, but like 40 days and 40 nights without food. He's alone and he's hungry. And look at verse 3. The tempter came to him. Jesus at his weakest and most vulnerable, alone and hungry. And that's when the devil strikes. That's when the devil hits him. And the Son of God is tempted like us. So we can kind of learn some lessons from Jesus here. The, 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 the devil, he is a merciless enemy. He's not like my big brother. Now, my big brother, he's awesome. We had, in 2004, a table tennis competition. The, the Addington Drive Table Tennis Tournament. All the local youths gathered at the table tennis centre, and there we were, battling out on the court. Somehow, I made it into the semi-finals. Don't know how, but I was there. And my opponent... My big brother, Michael. And Michael, he was the uh, pre-tournament bookie's favourite for the title. Because he had a topspin forehand that was like monstrous. It could like break any defence. He was a class player. And I was rubbish. And so I'm there against my my brother. And halfway through the match, it is not going well for little Stephen. Oh no. I'm like down by like 10 10 points. Is it points? I don't know. 10 points. Um, We'll go with points. Uh, Losing badly. And you can see it on my face. I'm getting red. I'm getting weepy and teary. I'm like, oh. And big brother Michael, he takes pity on me. He throws the match. He starts like missing really easy shots. He starts like sending his smashes over the table. He starts like, like, like I, send him, I send him a little like tap over and he'll just go, wee, and air it. He throws the match and he loses it. For me, what a brother. He takes pity on me. Oh. But the devil, he won't ever take pity on us. In fact, when we're at our weakest and most vulnerable, That's often when he's going to strike. So when you've had a hard week and you're feeling absolutely shattered, when when, when your boss has been on your back and you're just feeling tense and uh, and pent up, or when you've had a friendship fallout, that's when he hits. He's a merciless enemy. And this isn't meant to scare us, it's meant to prepare us so we're ready. We learn from Jesus that, well, he hits us then. The Son of God, tempted like us. And like Jesus, right? His big mission to save us, well, it would involve sacrifice. It would involve pain. And it would end ultimately on the cross in death. 
And just have a little look at Matthew chapter 4, how the devil tempts him. Have a little look at the first, temp- the first temptation in verse 3. The devil says, um, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. The devil says, Jesus, use your power selfishly. Serve yourself. Second one, have a look at verse um, 5. The devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. The devil's like, hey Jesus, jump down, get angels to catch you, and you'll be a celebrity. You'll get all the praise. And then the third one, have a little look there, um, verse 8. The devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. The devil's like, Jesus, you can be a king. You can have a crown. That's how he speaks. Um, But did you notice how each of those temptations goes directly against Jesus' mission? See, his mission is one of sacrifice. The devil says, be selfish. The devil says, hey, you can have praise with no pain. You can have a crown with no cross. How tempting and inviting does that look? It looks so good, so easy, the easy way out. The Son of God tempted like us. And we can learn a lot from this. And actually, did you know that uh, fireflies have a lot to teach us about temptation? They do, fireflies. Because during firefly mating season... I'm not an expert, but here we go. Um, the female fireflies, they kind of like um, stay on the ground. And with their light bulb things, they make a little light dazzling show. Whee! Uh, and the males like float around. And each like firefly has its own unique glow so they can find each other. And when they see women like, they go, whee, lovely. And it's so cute and so lovely. But into this scene enters the Futurist firefly. This is a little creepy stalker who kind of stays on the ground and looks at the ladies and he mimics their glow pattern. And you can guess what happens next. Off he does his little light show. The man goes, oh, lovely, look at that girl. Boom, dead. Oh, lovely, look at that. Boom, dead. Something that looks so tempting and inviting is poison and death. That's like temptation. That's like sin. Uh, sin, it, it, it's, it's a prison that looks like a playground. We need to notice so we don't fall for the sham of sin. It may look easy, it may look tempting, it may look inviting. I mean, food when you're hungry, praise with no pain, a, a crown with no cross, it looks amazing. But Jesus knows it's poison. Do we know that? So like when you've got a delicious bit of gossip that's just so tasty morsel, you want to share it because everyone will think, oh, you're edgy, you know everything. Hold back. Say no to poison. When when you're there all alone, a bit bored, a bit tired, and you've got your phone there, say no to those dodgy websites. When you're tempted to lie to to your adults or to your teacher or to your boss to try and get out of trouble, say no to the poison of sin. It, it, it may look like a pretty light, but it's poison. And one thing we learn from Jesus is that, that the temptation, um, resisting it, is costly. It, it may mean sacrifice, it may mean pain, it may even mean a cross. But resisting ultimately ends in life. 
the Son of God, tempted like us. Have you noticed how there's a big like shift in, in films and like Netflix stuff? They love doing a good old flashback. You know, when you go back into the past to kind of explain the present, um, and you can tell it's the past because everything goes grainy and everyone's hair suddenly gets like wild and crazy, and, and, and they get the CGI eyes, so they're nice, nice and like. Un- unbagged, is that a word? Anyway, uh, and the music changes to like deep purple 1970s, and so you know you're back in the past. Well, in Matthew, he loves a good flashback too. And here, in Matthew 4, we get loads of little flashbacks, and he goes back into the Old Testament, past, to explain the New Testament, Jesus' present. And it's awesome. So have a little look at Matthew 4. Because Jesus, have a look at verse 2. He spends 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, and he's hungry. We're meant to go, ooh, flashback into the past, because God's people, Israel, they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness, and they complained a lot about being hungry. A lot. But also, have a look at verse 3. The devil comes to Jesus and said to him, if you are the Son of God, then verse 6, if you are the Son of God, he's trying to get Jesus to, 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 to doubt God's word. And that reminds us of Genesis 3. We go way back in time to Adam and Eve in the garden and the tempter comes and he says, did God really say it's that same kind of thing? See, Matthew's trying to try and link Jesus with Israel and Adam. And actually, there's more similarities here. Because, well, Israel and Adam, they're both called sons of God in the Bible. And have a look at Matthew 3, verse 17. We looked at this on Friday at the Great Escape. God says to Jesus, this is my son whom I love. And more, Israel and Adam, these sons of God in the past, well, they both faced a Jenga clutch moment. They were there. They had the choice to to either obey and resist temptation or stumble and fall. And in the past, as we look back, well, both Israel and Adam, they failed. The sons of God in the past, they failed. And so we come to Matthew 4, and we're like, will the son of God here, will he be like the past? Will he fail like Israel? Will he fall like Adam? And and attention just mounts and mounts in this clutch moment. What's he going to do? Have a look at Matthew 4, verse 10. This is what he does. Jesus said to the devil, Away from me, Satan. Away from me, Satan. With those words, Jesus stands where Adam fell. He resists where Israel gave in. Jesus, the Son of God, triumphant in temptation. Whoa! That's awesome. The Son of God, triumphant. And this gets even more remarkable when you think about it. I mean, compared to Adam, Adam was in the garden. He had lush, beautiful greenery, and he had fruit and and vegetables, and the delights of of a garden life. And also, he had Eve for company. And with all of that, he still fell. But Jesus, in the wilderness, no one around, rocks and stones for food, And he stands firm. The Son of God triumphant. Isn't that awesome? 
I love it. And actually, we can learn so much from Jesus about how he battles temptation. Because have a look at how he fights. Verse 4. The first temptation. Jesus answered the devil, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Quoting Deuteronomy 8. Then, down in verse 7, Jesus answered the devil again. It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Quoting Deuteronomy 6. And then, again, in verse 10, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Quoting Deuteronomy 6. Do you see the little pattern there? Like three times, Jesus says, It is written. See, he answers the devil's lies with God's word of truth. That's pretty sick. Um, So grab a Bible and hold it in the air. This is really cool. At home, you can do the same thing too with your Bibles. We can't check, but... See, Jesus beats the devil with the same resources available to us. That same Bible in your hand is what he used and what we can use. You can put it down now. So, how important is this book? See, um, yet how often do we kind of leave it on the side gathering dust? That's a bit like um, a boxer going into a fight, right, with his hands tied behind his back, um, gloves on the floor, and thinking he's going to win the battle. Like, oh yeah, I can take you. Like, no chance. That's what it's like when our Bibles lie closed on our desks. Instead, we should be opening this, reading this, memorizing it, getting it into our veins, into our hearts. Um, Psalm 119.11 says, I've hidden my word in your heart. Your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's what we need to do. So that when the devil's lying voice comes, we can say, I know God's voice of truth. So when, when, the, when the devil starts lying and saying, hey Stephen, um, you're too messed up even for Jesus to save you, I can go, shut your mouth. I'm loved. Or or when the devil says, hey Stephen, it's okay to hold a grudge and be angry at that girl. She was mean to you. I can say, shush your mouth. Love and forgive people. You see? We need to kind of let God's voice of truth drown out the devil's whispering lies. So open this word. Get it in your veins and your hearts. Um... An old legend called Thomas Brooks, uh, he wrote a cracking little book called Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. If you like a good read, get this book. It's amazing. It goes through tactics of the devil and tells how to like, beat them. It's pretty sweet. And he says in his book, a soul high in communion with God may be tempted, but will not easily be conquered. Isn't that cool? Like close to God, far from sin. Spend time in his word. Spend time with, with our Lord, with our Saviour. The Son of God, triumphant through temptation. Oh. But actually, his temptations in the wilderness, they didn't kind of end there. Matthew 4 is kind of meant to make, point us forwards. Point us to Matthew 27. Another wilderness moment for Jesus. When he's all alone when no one's around him, when he's hungry and thirsty on the cross. Because on the cross, see if you can hear the devil's voice in the crowd as they shout out, Matthew 27, verse 40. Well, the crowd shout out to Jesus and they say, 
come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. Do you see that same little phrase, if you're the Son of God? Again, this is the final temptation of Jesus. It's that crown, no cross speak, um, praise, no pain, selfish, no sacrifice. That is the real clutch moment for Jesus. We're there thinking, what's he going to do? If he comes down, we're doomed. If he comes down, it's over. Humanity, done. And what does our glorious Saviour, the Son of God, do? He stays. He stays up there. He takes the pain. He sacrifices himself. He takes the cross to die, to bring life. In that final temptation, the Son of God is triumphant for us. And I say that because, well, Colossians 2, verse 15. Have a little look on the screen. Um, It's there. This is what his death on the cross achieved. Jesus disarmed the powers and authorities. That's the devil. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The Son of God, triumphant for us. Because in his death on the cross, resisting temptation, Jesus, he defeated the devil. Jesus, he shattered sin's hold. Jesus, he, he destroyed death to bring those who trust him life. And that great triumph on the, on the cross, well, if we're trusting Jesus, that's our triumph too. <laughs> That's our great triumph. We know that temptation, though it may be really tough, it's only temporary. We know that even if we stumble, even if we fall into sin, we know if we're trusting Jesus, his triumph counts as our triumph. Wow. The Son of God, triumphant for us. And so, uh, Christians, keep on walking. Keep on going, even when the temptation battle is fierce, because... We'll never face it as bad as Jesus. It's a bit like, um, you know, in, in the wilderness of England, where there's like these big bramble bushes and, and, and they're filled with thorns and, and thistles and like stinging nettles. Oh man, that's horrible. But it's like Jesus walked through that. Like taking the, 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 the thorns and the scratches and the stings and he carving a path as he claws his way through. It's like he's done that. And we Christians, we follow him. And we get the occasional like, pinprick of temptation and sin. We get the occasional like, nettle sting. But as we follow him through the path, he's made the way out. The Son of God, triumphant for us. Yes. And actually, this is, reminds us of one more little lesson for us to learn. That... Jesus, he knows what it's like in the fierce temptation battles. So if if you're finding it hard, go to him. Talk to him. Here's what um, Ed Welch said. Uh, He said, Jesus knows the strength of the temptations that assault our soul. So expect gentleness and mercy from him. We can talk to our saviour. He's been tempted like us. And he's triumphant for us. Amazing.